Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. As I went and looked at what the passage was for this week, I said, oh my. This was one of those passages in my Greek class that taught us the complexity of the Greek language and how it works. And so as we read it, it it is a a kind of a winding, twisting passage. Pastor smiling, he knows what I'm talking about. And here, the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given, as Christ appointed it, apportioned it. That is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended on high and mean, except he has descended into the lower earthly regions? He who descended to the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the people for the work of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we reach unity in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown there, here and there with every, by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in the, their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is the Christ. And from this whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part of the body, each part does the work. May God add the blessing and reading, hearing, and understanding of the word. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Keith. So I'll remind you that uh, this week you do not have a compass guide. You do not have the scripture readings for the rest of the week, nor questions to reflect on. And so therefore, I would like you to reflect on this message and your gifts. There are spots that you can jot a couple of notes down in your bulletin, uh, and I encourage you to do that as as the Spirit speaks to you this morning. Will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, we come before you longing to hear your word. God, you have ushered us into this space, desiring to give us your message. And so God, now I ask that that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but that they would be your words, your words for your people, your message for your people. In Jesus' name. Amen. So when somebody tells you to to grab your toolbox, what do you reach for? You got to go to the garage? Got to go to the front porch, to the back shed, to where? What do you reach for? What are the tools of your trade? Because I have a feeling that, that many of you are pulling from different toolboxes. I mean, think about it. Carpenters, what are the trades of the carpenters, whether it's the saw, a hammer, a drill, the electricians and the conduit benders and the wire pullers and, and the wire strippers. The cement finishers with their trowels and their bowl floats. I mean, I like to think of myself as, as pretty handy. Although I must tell you that, I'm, that I am not good at drywall. So if anybody's asking, not good at drywall. Well, you know, actually at least I thought so. You see, I could hang drywall. I just couldn't tape and mud it. I mean, if you wanted a wall that you could look at that you couldn't tell where the seams were, you did not call me. 
because I couldn't do it. I could never get those walls smooth. Actually, texture was a wonderful thing for me. (laughs) Texture hides everything, almost. Well, that was until I, you know, I was on a project and I, and I couldn't find a taping knife. If you know what a taping knife is, is usually it's either about a four, six, or a ten-inch taping knife so that you can spread out that mud nice and thin. Well, I couldn't find one, but I could find a nine-inch magnesium cement float. <laughs> See, my grandfather was a cement finisher by trade. My dad was a cement finisher as well as many of his brothers. So I guess you could say it was kind of built into the blood. So I grabbed that nine-inch cement trowel and, wow, that's actually kind of smooth. It wasn't perfect, but it was certainly better than any drywall taping knife I could ever have used. But when we talk about toolboxes, It's not always talking about the physical tools used for building things or repairing them. It could be anything that you use in your life. Maybe your toolbox is a sewing machine. Maybe your toolbox is a cricket machine. (laughs) A computer, a pencil and paper, a violin or any number of other things. However, we've got to see that that it might even be knowledge. I'm sure that if I asked many of you, especially those who are teachers and counselors, you would tell me that your knowledge is your toolbox. You see, we each have something. Something. We've been gifted something by our creator. We just need to figure out what it is and how to use it and how we should be using and sharing it. You see, a story goes this way, and you might have heard this before, uh, but all the carpenter's tools were holding a meeting. Not sure what the meeting was about initially, but, but things started to get out of hand rather quickly. You see, the hammer was in charge. And he was certainly a driving force to reckon with. The other tools wanted the hammer to leave. I guess they had enough of the beatings and the loud clanging noises and just wanted him to pound sand. (laughs) Well, word got to the hammer about this. And when he heard, he stated that if he was going to be asked to leave, that the screwdriver needed to go as well. The hammer proceeded to inform everyone that the screwdriver needed to go because all it did was go round and round and round in order to accomplish anything. And this wasn't working for him. Well, hearing these words, the screwdriver spoke up and said that, that if she needed to go, then most certainly the planer had to go. After all, the planer only does surface work. And they needed something a little deeper. Well, the planer didn't take to those comments really well. Uh, didn't take to them just on the surface either. 
Before he spoke up, he said that if he was asked to leave, then the ruler needed to go. He commented that the ruler is always measuring things, almost judging, and always thought that she was the only one that was right. Okay, said the ruler. If I go, sandpaper's got to go because he's always rubbing people the wrong way. (laughs) Well, just then the, the carpenter walks into the shop and went to work, grabbing the hammer and the screwdriver and the planer and even the saw and the ruler and the sandpaper. He went to work using all of those tools and even more even the ones that were grumbling about each other. The carpenter measured out and hammered and planed and sanded, working feverishly into the late afternoon. When he finished, he stepped back to take a look at his project. He created this beautiful pulpit to preach the gospel from. Preach that gospel to anybody who would listen. After the carpenter left, the, uh, the saw got up and mentioned what everybody knew by then. He said that all of the tools worked together to complete this project. Every tool was needed to complete it. Everyone had a place and a position to fill They were all needed in God's kingdom, in God's work. We here in this congregation, we may all be different, but we are all needed in God's plan, God's plan of salvation for the world. We come from different places and and different backgrounds. We each have different skills. We have different gifts and we've got different graces that God has blessed us with. We hear this in the scripture. And he gave to the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ so that we all would become more Christ-like participating in the kingdom. For those of us who who went on the mission trip, and I'm not going to talk too much about it because I want to make sure that Andy shares all of the stories. But all of us know that as we went on that mission trip that we all kind of did different things. We may have worked on the same projects, but we did different things. I mean, I think of Anne and how Anne would scrape Scrape and scrape again. And then undeterred, even climbed up the extension ladder where I was most of the week and scraped off on the extension ladder. She was kind of, I think we called her the Energizer Bunny. She kept going and going. Andy and Jenny, foundational work on floors and shelves. 
Cherry had some, some detail work. She was working that trim, painting it up nice. I remember Amy's constant smiling. Amy Mellinger and her smiles. Sherry and Jan, just absolute multitasking. Anything, didn't matter what it was, just off scraping, trim, painting, climbing on the ladder, Jan. Man, even holding the ladder while I was up. And actually when Ann was up there in the middle of uh, some pretty gusty winds to make sure that Ann didn't blow off somewhere. <laughs> JJ was present at all the jobs, I think. I think his, his face showed up every single project that we were working on. And Terry Zimmerman from, uh, from Rockford, remember her enthusiasm with some of the games that we played, especially as we played nerds. See, there's more that you're going to hear about this trip. But I mean, we all did certain pieces and parts, and it all came together so that we could accomplish things. We here in this congregation need to think about the same things. What about all of us? What are our gifts? What are those, those things that, that we do here that help to build the kingdom? And I know that there's a number out, of, out here that are just these wonderful support people that plan different things that organize things, and I see Mary in the back and Carol and and so many others that kind of put things together for people. I think of Donna and Jan as they share music week in and week out, offering this beautiful music, and, and Ezra here and Mark sharing this morning I think of local mission work that, that Janina does so well. She organizes so much, and so many of you jump in and just offer this time. There's, there's a lot of you who lead small groups. There's people that work on different committees. There's people who know finances. People who know buildings and the construction end of things, and the maintenance, or teachers and, and youth workers. And I shouldn't leave out the AV and the sound people because if you don't mention them, a lot of times things go really wrong. <laughs> but we've got such a wonderful team that, that works on, on putting together the video presentations and the online streaming so that so many can watch from home. All of you have a part to play. All of you have a spiritual gift. What is that spiritual gift? What is it that God is calling you to do? And maybe that's the reflection question for you all week long this week, is to determine what that spiritual gift is. What can you offer to God's kingdom, to this church, to build the kingdom up.
I mean, we are all part of a much larger team. And what God is asking of us requires all of our participation. I mean, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about rebuilding the temple. How much, how, and how God was calling us to rebuild this temple, this church. It can only happen if we are all on board contributing each and every one of our spiritual gifts. We are all parts of the body of Christ. And every part is required. We need both feet, both hands, the eyes, the nose, the mouth. We need the heart, the lungs, and the voice. Everything is needed to proclaim the gospel, no matter how big or how small you may feel that your gift is. Everything is needed. And so what do you bring to the table? What spiritual gift has God blessed you with so that, so that you can participate in the kingdom with Jesus Christ? What are you being called What are you being called to this morning? Now, sometimes, as I said, you know, the gifts may, we may think they're large or small. Maybe we think that that our gift may be insignificant, that if we didn't give it, certainly nobody would know. Let Let me remind you that every little bit helps. See, there's a story of of an old crow who was looking for a drink of water, but he couldn't find it anywhere. Streams had dried up. Lakes were gone. Couldn't find water to drink. But finally, after a few days of searching, the old crow came upon a jug with some water in it. Relief finally came over this crow as he realized that he would have, that he would live after finally drinking the water. Unfortunately, he also came to the understanding that he couldn't reach the water because the opening was too small and the water was too far down. And he couldn't reach the water. And of course, as we know, crows don't have straws. (laughs) After a little thought, the crow decided to to fly off to a nearby gravel road and, and pick up a rock. Thought maybe if he dropped the rock in the water, it would splash the water up. And he could get a drink as the water splashed up. So he tried. Again and again. But just couldn't get any water from the splash. But then he realized something else. You see, the more pebbles he threw into the water, the higher the water level would rise. So he kept dropping pebbles into the water, all the while listening to his friends laugh at him for all the strange work that he was doing. But finally, the water was high enough, and the crow could get a drink of the life-giving water that just a short while ago he couldn't reach. Once again, you see, we all have gifts. We all have something to offer to the mission of the church, and each and every one of them will help raise the life-giving water 
to all of those around us. God is using you to raise the water level for those searching for meaning, for longing for a deeper understanding of this life and a life of surrender to Jesus Christ. Think of it this way. As we each use our gifts for the glory of God, we are reflecting God's light back into the world, dispelling the darkness. One light might give off a little light, but all of ours together can become a beacon of light in a dark world. I remember, I'm reminded of a, uh, of a scene from, from a Harry Potter movie. Any Harry Potter fans out there? <laughs> a few, maybe. There was, uh, there was a scene where Dumbledore had passed away, and he was lying on the ground, and everybody was gathered around him. And the darkness was creeping in. And as the darkness kept creeping in, getting darker and darker, I remember one of the professors raised her wand with a little light, just a tiny little speck of light. Didn't make much difference. But then everybody else standing all around Dumbledore raised their wands, and little lights, like little flashlights, started to come on. And as the light shined upward, dispelled the darkness. The dark clouds went away. See, by ourselves, we may not feel like we are too much, but together, using our gifts, we can dispel the darkness. In the presence of of hatred in all this world presents as darkness, we are stronger together, using our collected gifts to proclaim the kingdom. So the question becomes, will you use your gift? Do you need to figure them out? I'd love to help you if if you're looking for your spiritual gift. And, And so if you are, please see me. After worship, you can give me a call. We can try to discern them together have a spiritual gifts assessment that, uh, that I know coming up towards the end of fall, we will probably bring back again to find your spiritual gift, to understand what it is that God is calling you to. Because we are all one. And as we celebrate communion, we're to remind us of all of that. That there is one body, one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. We are all one in Christ Jesus. And everyone is needed. Will you pray with me? Gracious and and loving God, 
that we hear these words of challenge to us this morning that says that, that you have given to us, to us these spiritual gifts. Not so that we can hold on to them and use them for personal gain, but, but so that we may use them for the building up of your kingdom. And so God, I ask that you help us. That you strengthen us, that you encourage us to, to use our gifts for your glory, to build your church and to participate in your kingdom. God, bond us together. Bond us together in unity through Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. And so as we get ready to leave from this place, I want to remind you once again to to figure out what that gift is that God is calling you to use. Don't just figure it out, but figure out a way that you can use it to build up God's church, God's kingdom. And so go forth knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.